Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Vinny Vincent. Vinny Vincent. Have you heard anything from this guy since they broke up? Well, Vinny, they're doing E.T. Part 2 and Vinny's up for the role. Ah. <laughs> Vinny, look, look, look at I'm just kidding. theaters for that one. Yes. <laughs> Vinny goes rock. No, I mean, it's E.T. goes rock. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire Podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network, hosted by the two men who put the hot in psychotic. I'm talking about Loose Cannon, and I'm talking about Baco. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined, as always, by the dickish Loose Cannon. Loose, how are you this <laughs> afternoon? I am excellent. Thank you for asking. I do have to say that that sounds uh, less like an intro and more like a <laughs> show review. Yeah, you know, possibly, yeah. We'll get into uh, that later. But, yeah, sure. But yeah, so I want to say, well done. I've been, I've been saying that a lot lately, between the Black Sabbath stuff and and uh, related-ish to Black Sabbath. A little bit. Your your recent Jake E. Lee interview. My goodness. Great. So many nuggets. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, it, uh, let, let me ask you real quick. It's about one in the afternoon there. Is, is it, are you, are you, are you having a beer yet or not? I am. I just cracked open one right before the show. Uh, you want to go into, I go actually ahead. have a, I, I am, what do you, well, tell me what you're drinking. We haven't done that in a while. What, what, oh, what sure. do you got for beer today? I'm drinking Dos Equis, like you do. <laughs> I don't always drink Dos Equis. Uh, it's we almost that. never Dos Equis. <laughs> Would be an upgrade, as I like to say. But but yes, what, what do you want to know? I'm, I'm drinking... Uh, fuck, what even am I drinking? Something from... Tell, it's called uh, Russell Kelly Pale Ale from Telluride Brewing Company. So now you can mm-hmm. rip on me. I, uh, I'm actually drinking something called Uteples. <laughs> it's a Duffeldorf Duffeldorf style Elt Elt beer. 
European style, whatever. Uh, it was actually a, a pod warming gift from uh, uh, a local listener named uh, um, Andy Shaw. Wow. Uh, he, he, was, he flew out to Nashville for the Rock and Pod Expo, and uh, he's thinking about starting his own show, so he wanted to come and check out my little setup. So he brought me a gift of a six-pack of Corona in this one you tepples. So nice. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Well done. Good stuff. Yeah, back, I, I, yeah, I think you're, you actually had the more dickish beer than me today. Well, yeah, possibly. It's, 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 it's a red amber beer. It's actually very smooth. I, I'm, I'm actually quite enjoying it. Uh, uh, I can't wait to piss it out. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, back to the Jakey Lee interview. Is there something, can I share something with that that uh, didn't make the actual uh, episode? Yes. Can I ask one other thing first about it, though? Of course. Yeah. Did, what did you expect time-wise? Did they give you a time restraint or expectation going into the interview? There was no, like, you have 30 minutes, he's okay. got stuff. So they, nothing like that. I These typically go about a half hour. Right. Uh, and, and I had a, you know, if you want to pull behind the curtain, when I'm talking to somebody like, you know, an Erie Vaughn or a Jakey Lee, where I know a lot just off the top of my head, I, I kind of make notes in case the interview goes bad so I can just kind of have some kind of follow-along thing. Um, but when it goes good... I just kind of go with the flow. And that sure. was what happened with Jakey Lee. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe... I mean, when I got to, like, the 70-minute mark and we haven't even talked about the new record, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Which is awesome. I mean, he was comfortable. I mean, kind of people... Usually, if somebody... Uh, if you don't pass the douchebag test, as we like to say, they, they, <laughs> yeah. immediately, they immediately stop you with your questions and go right to whatever the hell they're pushing. Well, whatever he was doing that day, he was ready to talk and in the mood. And yeah. he... Everybody who heard it, you know, you know exactly what I'm getting at. Uh uh, and you know, and then he was the same way with, uh, you know, our, our boy, Josh over at talk to me, he interviewed him a little while back. Yep. Um, and it was also a very fun and loose conversation. So, uh, I, I, if Jake's in the right mood, man, I guess he goes for it. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, he's going to, he's got a lot of press going on right now. Can I ask you something though? Cause it sounded like it flowed very naturally. Was there anything you actually edited out? I did uh, <laughs> at at his request. Uh, we were talking, and he was in the middle of an answer, and he's like, "Well, you, you can edit this, right?" And at that point, he let me know that he was taking a piss. <laughs> uh, he was actually, you know, in the act, and he's he he asked me if I could actually hear it, and I'm like, "No, I don't hear anything." And he's like, "Yeah, it's because I'm, I'm I'm peeing on the side of the toilet." So he's explaining what he's doing, right? And then his <laughs> his wife hears this, and he's like, "Oh, my wife's <laughs> yelling at me now." Uh, and uh, so she ends up taking the phone, and she talked to me for five minutes, and she was, I don't know, just hilarious. She was she was a lot of fun too. Uh, uh, just, just to like, she's like, don't you love how just like loose he is? He just upped pissing, right? That's great for an interview. And, uh, so no, she was, she was very kind and she was fun. And, uh, if you listen carefully, you can actually hear her using the microwave a couple times. And uh, apparently he Ooh. does these interviews in their kitchen. So you know what I'm guessing? Hot pockets. Well, Jakey Lee loves hot pockets. <laughs> that was actually the working title for Red Dragon Cartel, hot pockets. Hot pockets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they went with patina. So. Mm -hmm. Sure. Anyway, uh, yeah, check out the record. It's actually grown on me now that I, you know, as prep for the show, I listened to it a couple more times, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's really got some amazing guitar playing on it. But the songs are getting uh, a little. I'm getting a little more used to them too. I think it's a grower because I really like the song. I think it's called Havana. If I yeah, right. yeah. That was the, the opening first track, Speedbag. I liked a lot. I talked about it that on the episode. Yeah. Uh, they just he just released a video for Bitter at that same day. 
Um, and that, that video is a lot of fun to watch, actually. Uh, yeah, I hope everybody liked it. Uh, Jake was a blast, and uh, thank you, Jake, if you happen to be listening. If, if Jake is now a, a regular listener of the show, which we know he's not, um, uh, which is why I'm comfortable saying that we're, him and I are probably best friends now. Sorry, Ron Keel. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a pro tip for interviews or anything like that. Always piss on the side of the bowl. Nobody can tell. Yes, me. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, makes, you know, it makes less noise. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. They might think you have like one of those nice fountains in your, no, your yeah. house. It just continuously goes in a loop. <laughs> you don't hear mine? Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I have four of them in the studio That's along with wind chimes and a fan. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, you don't, but, but I, I soundproof things so good they make no noise almost. Yeah, it's like you should be on the cover uh, of Better Homes and Basements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start that magazine for fucking sure, man. How does yeah. that not exist? Especially yeah. in the podcast world. A no whole... doubt. We, we started off the episode with me calling you dickish. Uh, that uh, was a reference to something, correct? Sure, yeah. We always like to, to talk about reviews in the show. And um, we had a review on our last uh, episode prior to that, the Kiss State of the Union address, which had a lot of traction, a lot of shares. We appreciate all the feedback. So, I, can I read you one of the re- reviews? Yeah, let's uh, let's hear it, man. Sure. So, this comes from uh, Robert E on uh, Facebook, and it says, First that I heard about this podcast, these hosts aren't even funny and come off like assholes. And listen, and I listen to a lot of dickish Kiss podcasts. From so, for me to say uh. that is pretty impressive. So thank you at five stars. <laughs> there you go. Five stars. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, hey, thanks for checking us out, Robert. <laughs> that's right. I hope, hope you stick around and enjoy enjoy yeah. enjoy us in the future. So I think it's yeah, a fair no. review, review. Listen, we're not from everybody. We're an acquired taste. I would say, like, uh, no, like, other than uh, calling us dicks and assholes, it wasn't personal or anything. No, not, not at all. It was it was strictly about the content of the show. No, I, I saw that review. I actually like the almost Canadian response to, well, you should check out their other stuff. It's not so bad, eh? Eh? Yeah, exactly. Some people come to our defense, but that's fine. Listen, we, we like all reviews. Listen, if you go to Amazon and there's a product and everybody gives it five stars, you, th- you know those are fake reviews. you got to have somebody that hates you. So if you've got haters, yeah. you know you're doing something right. You, you're not – you know you're accomplishing something in the World Wide Web when a stranger has something shitty to say about you. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. The thing is, that's interesting, though, is his, his avatar, though, is a picture of the font. I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> I was, was going to say my follow-up to that, but that's why Michael Brandvold has such a high opinion of himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that guy's like, damn, I'm doing good. Nobody <laughs> likes me.
So, everybody, that was Tyler Bryant and the Shakedowns, a band that I've never heard of before. And I recently saw the amazing silliness that is Clutch, masters of, of, of how to keep an audience engaged and just put on, put on a whole tutorial of just absolutely killing it that I saw a couple months ago and I haven't talked about. But they were opening. They opened for them. And I never heard of them before, but they're... Young band, straight up rock, and uh, right that was that was a song backfire, and I definitely suggest you to check out their most recent album. So, very good. Anyway, what what else is what else is up? And uh, do you want to maybe kind of do a bookend for our Kiss episode before we move on because we cannot stop talking about them. There is kind of a recent development we should probably touch on that we would have definitely covered in that. Uh, and also because it sounds like Robert wants us to be only a KISS show. Well, that's right. We should probably follow our, our biggest fan's uh, lead and, and <laughs> go into that. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you all, you know, but the thing is, is that you uh, you never progress as an artist or, or, or a business unless you listen to your audience. You have to embrace your feedback. And so I think we should really dig deep, and and what I mean by that is do hardly anything different and continue our dickish and asshole uh, personas. Hey, all all seriousness, is he really that wrong? No, (laughs) he's not. The only thing he left off on that list was smug. All right, Baco, but before we go on with our usual episode, let's let's do a bookend on Kiss, our last episode. Is that okay? Yeah, we probably should. I mean, with the uh, there's some pretty big big uh, news in the Kiss world that came out right after the episode did. Again, I thought there was enough on that episode, but no. Yeah, no. So, I mean, this isn't officially Kiss. It's a past Kiss member, and that is Vinnie Vincent. He recently put out a very cleverly written press release, <laughs> um, which I think you're going to break down about an announcement uh, with a few changes to his upcoming Shred show, originally scheduled in Memphis. Tennessee. Is that enough for you? Are you ready to roll? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was initially going to be in the first, uh, what, December 8th and 9th, something like that, uh, uh, in, in December. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I think I said December twice there. And uh, what, just at the beginning, middle of November, uh, he announced that big news, people. Uh, he's got Carmine Apice on Ooh. drums, and, it, and he's got Tony Franklin on bass. Nice. This is sounding good. Yeah, some pretty big heavy hitters. I'm like that. This actually is starting to sound intriguing. Maybe uh, the guy who struggled playing cold gin just a week ago has got his shit together. Yeah, but also there was some other news in there. Oh, um, what else is in there lo- later in the press release? You know, you're not, yeah, you're not, it, usually you start with the uh, you you don't want to bury the lead. So, but they did. Yeah. Well, if you bought a ticket to the show, you might uh, you might want to know a couple details have changed. One. Um, it's no longer on those dates. It got moved to February. So, oh, okay, uh, okay. Um, I, I hope you didn't buy book a, a non-refundable plane ticket, Julian Gill, and uh, book well, a hotel room. <laughs> hold on, though, though. But, but basically, but, it, but, but you know, a lot of places are very nice where you can reschedule. If you're going to the same city, if you're going to Memphis, you can just re, you know move it to a couple dates later. It's, it's almost yeah. like they have enough advance warning, so that can happen, right? Sure. Yeah. No. So yeah, and then you maybe you just kind of move your your reservations around a little bit. Sure. Uh, hotels, or, you know, hotels, yeah. and whatnot. But if you couldn't, they were offering refunds. Of course, there was problems with people getting refunds. But we'll get it. I don't know if we need to dig into that too much. Nobody's surprised by that. Uh, but they did change the city and venue. They didn't mention the venue change. They didn't even <laughs> mention that it was moving to another city. They just put the word Nashville at hmm. the bottom of the poster that used to say Memphis. Okay. So okay. you had to kind of figure it out on your own. It's oh. like, yeah. So this is like a, this is like one of those adventure press releases. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, I, I would like to use the term shady as fuck. 
Yes, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I, look, I, I'm I, I'm on the record saying v- Vinny does have some mental issues. Uh, I, I I don't like attacking him too much, but you know what? Uh, the person that, that that is promoting this is the same guy that did the Atlanta Expo and the same guy who went online. Are you yeah, kidding it, me? Nope. You, you should know better than to work with a guy who's mentally ill. And if Vinny can't help himself, people really shouldn't be involved with it. And I'm I'm curious. Has does do you think Carmine Apice even knows he's part of this project? <laughs> well, listen, I, he, he probably found out the same way people found out it moved to Nashville. That's right. Yeah, I just woke up one day and and knew he had another gig on a press release. <laughs> Look, I'm on a poster. I guess I gotta go to Nashville. <laughs> There's uh, no contract, but I'm on a poster, so I better get there. <laughs> oh man! Otherwise, uh, if you don't if you don't do that, you're in violation of poster. They should have had a contract, Baco. Yeah, should have had a contract. Yeah, I feel bad for people who spent money on it only a little oh. bit. I, I think we're past <laughs> the point of like uh, where you're gonna buy things involving this guy, and you really shouldn't get a whole lot of sympathy when things go bad. No, so. you should actually just expect it. You, uh, you know what? If anybody does not buy travel insurance for anything related to Vinny <laughs> Vincent's. They actually should have the uh, VV insurance. It's, 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 no it's like, shit, like a, spe- a special supercharge, too. I'll tell you this. If Vinny was sitting at a table selling a book or a CD, I wouldn't hand my cash to him until that book, he had to slide the book to me first. There's a lot of things to go on with the Vinny Vincent and and fan transaction. A lot of danger. But, uh, yeah, God, God bless Vinny. Uh, I really... I, I kind of hope he just keeps kicking the can down the street. I think it's far more interesting for us. Yeah. That like if he I, actually shows up, does a show, and has those guys, and, and it goes okay, that kind of sucks for Cobras and Fire. It really I does. I really want him to just kind of like, you know, or maybe just like never say another thing and <laughs> close the Facebook page uh, and just disappear for another decade. You know, and I'm not sure if this is connected, but um, the local guitar center here, I checked it out, and uh, Bobby <laughs> Dahl is uh, is booked for guitar lessons uh, up till uh, the, the end of <laughs> March. <laughs>
All right, so that was a track, Lifeline, by the band with a lot of umlauts. Love Razor out of Canada. <laughs> That's for you, Meister. That's right. I love that song. That's actually a pretty solid album overall. So check it out. Love Razor, a lot of umlauts. I don't think you and need if, uh, if you if you needed me to translate into Canadian, what Loose Cannon said is that band sucks, but that song's all right. <laughs> uh, proceed. What do you want to talk about next? Uh, oh man, you know a, a while. It's it, it's 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 old news now, but I it's definitely something I wanted to talk about on the show. You had to see the Piercy show where he, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. You know what I'm talking about? Where, like, he basically, he showed up just hammered and on painkillers and sat on the drum riser and put on a show that was so bad, it was bad for Stephen Piercy. Yeah, on an interview about a year ago or so when he's promoting his other solo album on the podcast, highly recommend to check out, called Rock Solid. And he said, basically, when he goes on tour... He says to his daughter, uh, before he leaves, he goes, I got to go on tour now and go scream at people. <laughs> Not sing, because they were talking about his voice. He's like, I've yeah. never been a singer. I've done my own thing. I know I'm not a greatest vocalist. I'm just, I'm just uh, good when I'm good at what I do. And that, sure. I, I agree. He has, a, he has a great voice when it's on. But when it's off, it is way the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, at least he doesn't run out of breath. But, uh, True. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I I like I like the sound of of his singing. Um, I, I, I you know I'm a big fan of Rat. Uh, I just I, so I get where he's coming from. He's he's got more of that kind of cool uh, California vibe to him. You know, and the, the problem is as you get older, it's harder to continue to pull that off. No, oh, but part of the interview too is he goes, "What do you what do you do to keep your vocals in shape?" And he goes, "Nothing." <laughs> Like <laughs> hey, Dio said the same thing. Right, right. Okay, that's cool. Well, uh, okay. uh, there's two ends of the spectrum there. And again, because we, we always do quick little tangents, is how excited are you the fact that there is an official Dio tour uh, coming next year that won't happen? Yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's just as official as it was a year ago. Uh, I haven't seen one fucking tour date yet, so I'm I'm waiting. You know what? Uh, if it, I, I'll stick to what I said. If it's within two hour drive of where I'm at, I'm gonna make sure I I, I see it. Yeah, but I'll tell you this much. I'm not sure if you knew this too. Which which uh, this should make you more excited. Do you know that the tour promoter is Derek Christopher? <laughs> wow, he's getting a lot of love from us today. Yeah, you know what? Oh, you know what? When, when you're really fucked is when you get your t- the show postponed by a hologram. <laughs> I heard his uh, his press agent is uh, the uh, ghost of Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> That's so, amazing. That was the original yeah. hologram, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> Princess Leia, to, maybe. let's get back to Piercy because that was a fucking train wreck, and I'm not even. I don't buy his 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 response in the sense of like I'm taking painkillers and I, uh, against better judgment, had some alcohol with it. Apparently, he's getting knee surgery, a knee replacement done here. Um, from from his knees are shot from slowly ambling across stages for three decades. <laughs> Uh, um, whatever. I'm sure he does need the knee replacement. I don't know why. I don't. I don't even care. But has he ever? I've never seen him jump. Well, the, the, oh, that's, that was the joke. There is that it's not like he's like this animated guy. Maybe he surfs or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, I can just imagine Piercy surfing. He's got a cigarette and a bottle of whiskey in the other hand. He's wearing just, jeans. 
But and not, a, not, a drop, not a drop of water is on him. He's got a he's got a fishnet uh, uh, shirt on, <laughs> long sleeve. He's like hanging ten with with uh, m- uh, motorcycle boots. Oh my god! It, I, that, that's the only image of him I can see surfing, Baco. But continue on with your story. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, he did it again, and I, I look. The guy's probably just an addict struggling, and and that's not nothing to really make fun of. But I'm just like he tried to pass it off as like, hey, my bad. I, I got this. Sure. Like, I, I just, I know he's he's had his struggles in the past with, with I don't even know what. I, I just know it, it's been a problem. And, and it's, it's not that unique of an issue, but, uh, you know, all the best to him. I really do. But uh, this this whole lineup of rats kind of a sham anyway, so I don't know sure. that it matters that much. Yeah. Uh, you know, his, his album's pretty good. It's called Not Staying in Key. <laughs> uh, you know what? I when he sings uh, good, he's a better singer than he gives himself credit. He sure he comes off as Gene Simmons a little bit when he talks about him, his own uh, talent. No, I know he has he has a good sense of humor about himself. Is my point? Yeah, no, but, I, I, I'm good with that. And you yeah. know, I, uh, I I had about a ten minute conversation with him uh, backstage at uh, Grand Rock Timber a few years ago when he was playing with scrap metal. He was very affable and very nice guy, and he didn't need to be. He didn't need to talk to me at all. He just happened to amp walk out. So yeah, so as a segue, Stephen Piercy does have a new album, and it's called "You Only Live Twice." And you're, are you aware of the entire James Bond theme of the album besides the title? Are you aware? You, you, you're, I, I, I got the title. You're saying that like the songs thematically are also riff, like kind of <laughs> follow a James Bond kind of thing. Some of them, yeah. Well, I did know that um, before Roger Craig was picked, it was down to him and Stephen Piercy to play uh, James Bond. <laughs> Can you imagine him? Do you have a mess shirt that also like shoots bullets? <laughs> you know when when uh, the when the Piercy Piercy Bond when Stephen Bond rolls up to the bartender, you know what is what is uh what does James Bond drink? <laughs> uh, it's a very snobbish drink. It's uh well, it's, it's, it's a, a, a watered down mart- It's a it's a watered down martini. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, like you know, that, but- it, because when you shake it, it, it cracks the ice into small pieces and they melt quicker. Mm-hmm. So he's being a snob and getting a shitty drink. And he's getting less alcohol than he, is, he should be getting. Is that what right. you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You he's know, watering you know, down his own drink and he's acting like he's some kind of highfalutin guy for doing it. I can just imagine like Stephen Piercy, like, you know, wearing like a, a tuxedo with his kind of greasy hair, <laughs> you know, going back <laughs> and, and he's going up to like the screenwriter and the director. And he's like, you know, instead of a vodka martini shaking that stirred, I kind of feel like James Bond is more of a yag bomb guy.
The drummer from Helix is in a medical-induced coma right now, Luce, because he fell off the roof of his house and cracked his skull. Uh, ouch. <laughs> uh, you know, well, thankfully it happened in Canada, so they don't need to start a GoFundMe page. But Ooh, that's uh, true. Th- th- there's so much here. Uh, I, 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 first, I don't even know the guy's name. We should probably, maybe I should be more respectful and look up some details. But I think drummer from Helix is pretty de- describes it enough. But my lord, what's the what's what? What do you think the cutoff is? You know, I, I have rules in life, Lewis. I, I have things that you can't do at a certain age, and I'm a fairly fun, easygoing guy in sure. the sense of I, 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 I'm more than happy to do things that a lot of people wouldn't do after the age of 18. But there are certain things I don't think a grown man should be wearing a sports jersey in public uh, after the age of 30. With, with the exception of of going to see that team play, yeah, that's interesting. But the other thing that's great about the sports jerseys after the age of thirty is thinking about how much they fucking paid for it. It's basically the same thing as paying yeah. for a sport for a sport coat. You can no buy shit. those are what one hundred and fifty for the official yeah. ones. Well, yeah, I mean, it, look, I think the low end is eighty. There's different like right. variations of them, but the point being is that like you know I'm like. I, I'll, I'll wear a Viking shirt on Viking Friday at of work, course. and and during the game I I'll put on a T-shirt or something like that. But 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 yeah, my rules are one: if the team is not playing, if the team that the jersey you're wearing <laughs> is not currently playing at the game you're at, you don't wear it. So leave your fucking Tim Tebow Denver Broncos jersey at home when you're going to the, see the Vikings and Lions play. In case that wasn't clear, and also, frankly, if you're if it's the middle of July and you're wearing a Packer jersey or any team jersey uh, anywhere, because football season isn't happening in you know after February, uh, you, you, you unless you're a child. Or a young man, at the, once you hit the age of thirty, you shouldn't be wearing this shit to anything other than some sort of sanctioned event in which the team is playing. Whether that's watching at your buddy's house or going to the game. Yes, but the problem is that's the same reason that people wear kiss t-shirts to uh, uh, <laughs> to funerals and and uh, and corporate events, is they've paid too uh, much for them. Exactly. You, yeah, you they, feel you feel you have to get your your money's worth once well, you invest. They, they, they feel that uh, once you tuck it in, it becomes like a, a dress cl- dress clothes. <laughs> If you tuck in a jersey shirt, to, yeah. you're officially ready to go to the uh, yeah. to the Christmas party. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, in Wisconsin, they their their dress clothes are sorted by home and away. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're clean or not. It's just home yeah. or away. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> their closet is sorted that way. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so what's what's the cutoff? Like, at what age should you no longer be allowed to be on your own roof? You know, I haven't put a hard number to it, but I can tell you this much is that uh, a couple of years ago I had to, I had issues where our, our fucking uh, dryer was not drying because it was clogged, the little thing on the top that blows out of your roof and everything like that. And I went up on the roof and I think I was at the time, I'm going to say late thirties. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing up here? I'm going to, <laughs> I'm about to die to take out lint out of a little tube. I'm like, I'm hiring somebody to do this. And I got right the fuck down. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go on record and saying I'm officially too old to be on my own roof. Uh, and, uh, you know, Godspeed to the Helix guy, but he's got to be older than either one of us. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what the thing is? You know, on the positive end, his dryer works great now. 
Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thankfully, my dryer lint just shoots out the back side of the house. So if that happens, uh, uh, it's, I just need to, like, I don't know, get down on my knees and crawl around in some bricks. So you're telling me if I'm having a drink in the backyard, I'm going to be sprayed with lint in your backyard? <laughs> in a very small, particular spot, yes, you might uh, <laughs> deal with that. But uh, no, it okay. it uh, it doesn't doesn't shoot out the fucking roof. I've never heard yeah, of that yeah. before. But Thank, thanks for the beer, Baco. It's a great day. I was like, oh, apparently you're doing reds. Tastes like downy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we're doing PSAs first. Stay off your roof past a certain age. Don't wear jerseys out in certain situations. What else do you think is kind of like? Are you going through other age age? Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, that, I, mean, I should have had more prepared because I got a ton of dumb rules like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, You know what? I think after the age of 30, you shouldn't ha- eat at a buffet by choice. Oh, my God. You have to be for it. That's right. I mean, at some point, you have to realize that everybody has touched the food you're eating. Is yeah, that, is that, I mean, it, 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 the, just the event itself should should repulse you. You know, right. I mean, when you're a young kid and you're just trying to eat as much as you fucking can every time you eat, right. I get it. But you, as an adult, why would you go? I mean, that's the whole thing. I've never understood buffets. Like, like the old country buffet is one of the yeah. downfalls of our society. I mean, you go there. Um, and you it's see the, the best and brightest there, don't you? You really oh do. God. And I like the ones that go there and you're in line. Um, uh, I've never, I've actually proudly never been to an old country buffet, but I can, I can give you a, a, a similar kind of thing where they had, uh, God, what was it? Ponderosa. What's another couple of them? Fucking buffets. Well, I mean, right now it's the Golden Corral. The Kiss Buffet. I think that's. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Actually, Tommy Summers just talked about that on, you know, because I listened to every second of Three Sides of the Coin. Sure. Uh, he just talked about the, the, just really poor behavior, just despicable behavior of Kiss fans at the buffet. They cut in front of his friend and took the tongs before he could reach them. Have you been to a fucking buffet? If there's any, if there's any kind of food arrangement that basically says we welcome Kiss fans, it's the fucking buffet. There is a lot of fucking tucked in t-shirts lined up and acting like if they don't get the food before you, they will run out of food. You know, do you know when you're done eating at, at, at a buffet? Uh, uh, if you're a buffet fan, is when your shirt becomes untucked while eating. <laughs> that is the tipping know. point. That's when you know you're done. That's 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 actually manners. But listen, the other thing is, is if uh, first off, for Tommy to say that that's mean manners, or whatever like that. If you're a professional buffet person, you know you bring your own tongs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, that way you you just kind of grab what you need. You can reach around people. You know, professionals when they have them in their back pocket, <laughs> the tongs just ready to go. Like bring up, like professionals. If you're playing pool, do you do you use the the house pool stick? Fuck no. You bring your own pool yeah. stick. You bring your own tongs to the buffet. That's the rules. Dude, if you're not ready to fucking be pushed and bullied and see the worst of society at a buffet, then you're just not prepared. I don't even... You've never been to one, maybe. I get it. But if you've been to one... You should be prepared to be cut in front of, have people reach around you, to, to just be pushed around, and by... I don't know. It's absurd behavior, Blues. It's absurd! Yeah, yeah and, and, and you know, too, as I, I had a short career as a Ponderosa employee... And one of my hmm. responsibilities was every 20 minutes, not, not changing the food out, but flipping the food over so it looked fresher. Oh. You understand? That, that was my point. Is that, so, so when you're in the buffet and you're yeah, like, ooh, no this doubt. looks like it was just put out. No. somebody, I would actually have to take it off site, go in the back, flip it, and then take it back out so people thought they were getting <laughs> something fresh. 
Yeah. Uh, you, were you, did you stir the mashed potatoes? And, uh, oh, fuck no, I didn't stir them. I flipped them. I'm not gonna, okay, I'm not gonna, flip I'm the gonna, mashed potatoes. You, you flip them, you put them back out there, the people lo- lick their chops, and they continue on. I just run my tongue along the sneeze guard. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you're going out to eat, and you're getting your food in an environment that requires a sneeze protection layer. (laughs) Hey, this is a high-class buffet. Got a sneeze guard. I want my food spat on in the kitchen like a normal person. That's right. Fuck waiting for the general public to do it. Get it from the chef. You know what I feel like eating tonight, honey? A salad, some tacos, a few chicken wings, some mashed potatoes, some green beans. <laughs> I want dessert, maybe an ice cream cone, and some mac and cheese. And shrimp. Where can I get that? <laughs> the, the, the menu at a buffet. A buffet sounds like somebody that has Tourette's just trying to make a menu.
So this year, there's been a ton of remasters that have come out this year. Do you mind if we just uh, talk about a few, you know, like major releases and things like that? Oh, you know, I love myself some old rock and roll. Some uh, some repackaged and repurposed rock and roll. Yeah, you know? I, I, I'm the target audience they're going for. If I like that record, you know I want to buy it again. The point being is that there are some major releases, and that is they did the remastered, finally, the remastered version of Appetite for Destruction, which I have a quick question. Oh, yeah, I, I, I never got back to him that. I did, I did buy that. Okay, I'm going to ask for your feedback. You've got the... The Beatles' White Album just came out in an insane version. I'm leaving that for Christmas, hopefully. Okay, good. And uh, they did a remastered version of Injustice for All. I haven't heard that yet. Not my favorite Metallica record. No, me either. And Um, they didn't didn't remix it or anything and pull the bass up, so not that interested in just hearing a remaster. Yeah, and I'll go into the biggest one that we're going to feature some music from that came out this year too. But but first, let's go back to what are your thoughts? You you did get Appetite for Destruction. Did you get it on vinyl? Did you get it on CD? What'd you get? I bought it on CD. Okay, and your thoughts? I uh, don't care honestly. I, I don't know why I bought it after after hearing it. Uh, it 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 sounds maybe a little better. Uh, I mainly bought it because of the bonus material. And it's like everything that I do when I buy that, though I I listen to it once, and then I yeah. I never I never yeah. crave to hear it again. I've heard that "Shadow of Your Love" song years ago. Yeah, me uh, too. So whatever. But you know, as a collector, it's a cool package. It was well done, um, and it was what what ten bucks or whatever. I don't care. So. Yeah, were there any particular songs? I just want to see, since it doesn't sound like anything jumped out of you. There was only nothing a hand- at all. No. Really? Okay. There's like two songs that, that I could tell the big difference on. Okay, let me, let me hear it. Okay, um, the two it would be Brownstone, um, like the some of the guitars really pulled up high, and then also actually I did notice some on Sweet Child of Mine, and part of that is because I've heard that song. You know, like everybody has a billion times, so I could tell the slight differences of it. But for the most part, hmm, Rocket, like most Rocket Queen, it's just louder, you know. Yeah, I know, but there no, but there's a couple things that they actually did bring up. I could tell that they you could you could see things that were like the bass. You could hear the bass more in certain songs, but it wasn't. I always just thought that Appetite was so well fucking done. It was one of the few few albums from the eighties or whatever that I didn't think needed. That's a big part of it. It, it, it. it was just it was recorded so well to begin with, uh, yeah. and it, it, it yeah. captured that band. I mean, how how many? I don't think there's another example of a band that that right out of the gate, the first thing they put out is a perfect, you know, uh, representation of what they are. I, I agree. Another thing is is that. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, they had like the deluxe version that's available for streaming too, if you want to, which makes no sense to me. I don't understand certain companies that I understand that they have a uh, duplication of if you have your album, regular album come out, it's going to be on all kinds of digital platforms. But if you have something that somebody has to pay $250 for, and I understand it comes in a more deluxe package, why release that to the masses? There's like that one is out on Spotify. If you want to hear 150 new versions of Appetite for Destruction, it's there. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can go there and listen to the whole fucking thing that people will have to pay a shitload of money for. Don't understand that at all. But anyway, the demos of the Appetite songs sound almost identical to the final product. My point is they came in the studio ready to fucking go. So basically well, Mike Clink just engineered the shit out of it. And Well, he got the right gone. tones and stuff well, like yes, that. You know I'm what just mean? saying I was impressed to hear that there was hardly even a solo change. I'm saying that's how well... Yeah. 
ready to go they were, which is not well. The case. If you've read any of the history on that too, like basically they got signed to a record deal and didn't even hit the studio for almost a year. It sounds like you know, so they, they had a lot of time to basically like, well, this is the way the song is. You okay. Know? Okay. Which is pretty common with first records, honestly. You, you know that those are the songs that you're, 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 you is your best stuff at that point. I don't know. I was just impressed how tight it sounded, and a lot of them were just live takes. They weren't yep, just no. demos; they're live takes. Is my point to it. But uh, for a drug, a band that was known for being drugged out beyond all belief, they sounded uh, tight as fuck. Yeah, a little better live band at the when they got at that point of their career than I think right. they get credit for. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so that was that one. Um, so the, the the white album I've heard a couple things on that have not like I heard uh, they put out uh, USSR and it just came out. But the the only thing I can tell is that the the plane is louder. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that all the Beatles albums are hard to improve on those because I think all their versions have sounded great. Last uh, yeah, I, I agree. But that one has a lot of uh, uh, as a music nerd, I, it's the bonus material that I think I'll find the demos okay. on that. And again, I'll probably only listen to it once and not not really care about it too much. But well, along with the uh, with that, uh, <laughs> one of the biggest releases of the years, uh, along with the Beatles. And Metallica and Guns N' Roses, Kicks put out their thirtieth uh, anniversary remix of called "Reblown" of "Blown My Fuse." Yeah, I would say initially this would be a, like uh, my my reaction would have been like "Why," and then I heard it and I'm like, "Okay, it's fucking great." It uh, is. This, it really is. It is amazing. The fact that Bue Hill did it and made it made it not sound like Rat is also an accomplishment. Uh, I'm sorry, Bue. Bue. I'm saying his name is Bue. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now you you now officially have your David LaRoth. Buhill Buh- is his name. <laughs> yeah, Buhill produced the Kikes' album Don't Blow My Fuse. Yeah, yeah it's kind of hard to believe they got away with a, such a racist name back then, Kikes. You would think so. And I, I uh, double the fact that there was a children's serial named that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Only only served in some parts of the the uh the country, mostly in the south. I think you just let that one sit.
Kicks and LA Guns are two of the bands that I think were hindered in that genre the most of shitty production for bands that I actually do like. The first two LA Guns albums sound like they were recorded underwater, very flat. They've put out, if you're fans of that band as well, they have two new mm. versions that came out last year that sound phenomenal, their first two albums. Kicks is another one. I think that even the, the not that I don't really need to hear it again, but Don't Close Your Eyes sounds drastically different on this remix too. Yeah, I mean, it, I I will, I prefer a remix over a remaster because a remaster is just, at that point you're dealing with uh, two stereo tracks and you can you can boost levels and change EQ settings, you know, globally. Which sure. means that if you add bass, you add bass from everything to the bass drum to the hi hat to the guitar tone, and it, it, it's almost like you're listening to it on your, your your stereo at home. I really because I have that option at my home stereo. A remaster doesn't do that much for me, but when you remix something and it, kind of like that Pearl Jam ten was just eye opening. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, just hearing that was like I, I couldn't believe how much better it was. This album was very similar to that. I was like, holy shit! I like this record better than I thought I did, and this sounds amazing. So yeah, because they remix it, they literally dial everything down to zero and, and start over. Yeah, it and sounds it, like it could have been recorded this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and just I don't know. I thought it was the stupidest thing, I, the most pointless thing in the world when I first heard about it. And, that, and then I heard the final product and I was like, fuck, this is a really, 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 really cool product, man. This is fun, Lewis. I mean, we, we've had a nice little stretch of all these kind of like more, more thematic episodes. We did the, you know, four Black Sabbath shows, which were a blast. And of course, mm-hmm. the Kiss State of the Union. Yep. And, uh, you know, the Jakey Lee interview was, was great. But. This is kind of like, you know, this is home for me, our bread and butter, the Shits and Giggles show, where we just kind of like randomly riff on topics. So it's good to get back. Yeah, and only a few things that uh, that we talked about tonight do we actually have writ- written down, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I didn't yeah. think we'd talk My about... notes are like Helix Roof, Piercy Bad, and <laughs> I don't know... You know, you're right. It's like, yeah, we just kind of go. So it was, it was a lot of fun talking to you. Catching up and getting back, getting back to our roots. The the roots of being dickish assholes. Dickish assholes. Yes. We should, that, so, that, that'll be the back of our shirt uh, next year. <laughs> that's the re, that's the remix. That's Rivers our, that, and fire. That, rocks not dead. Dickish assholes. Yeah. Love it. It's got a good ring to it. So you want to get out of here or what? Yeah, I got a lot of stuff to do, man. You know, it's like, you know, stuff. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You gotta get out and clean that porch. You got your honeydew list. You got yes. your, uh, your Sharon Osbourne <laughs> faxed you one. Yeah, no doubt. Sharon Osbourne is. Uh, did, I don't know if you're aware of this. Well, you probably are because I think anybody with a, a smartphone since our last episode, every man in the country has gotten a honeydew list from Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like the worst thing she could do is actually that fax that you didn't even know worked. That's where it comes in from. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, but yeah, it's so, good catching up with you, buddy. Uh, yeah. So, how about we uh, we play out with one of our uh, one of our favorites, Danko Jones, who is actually Dang. coming to the U.S. for a, uh, a slightly longer tour than usual, and that means more yeah. than two dates. He's he's touring California, he's in Texas, and I hope to see it expanding. He's actually playing with Nashville Pussy too. And uh, I'd like well, to maybe, to, maybe he'll start to open up a little bit because uh, the glorious sons are coming back here for the fourth time in a little over a year and a half. And they seem to be finding a way as a Canadian band to make it work. Yeah. So. I've, I'm glad you mentioned that because they're touring some sometimes with the struts, which I'm not a fan of their latest album, but I'm glad that they're in that kind of setup and they're doing their own tour. They're actually coming back to Colorado in March, which I was shocked. 
Yeah, and, we're uh, going to be here late February at a, awesome. the place, uh, a small bar that I've actually played. So it, it'll be fun to see them again. Uh, but yeah, so maybe Danko will pick up on that and he'll start I'll, realizing that, you know what, a, can, a Canadian act can actually get in a car and drive from city to city. Yeah, how about this? How about how about Danko Jones, Glorious Sons, and Monster Truck just touring through the U.S.? Beautiful. Rock's not dead. It's back, baby. It's back. Turn it. 